What's up, everybody? This is the, the specifist, and I wanted to do this episode for a while. Um, and I did it one time, but it wasn't, like, really well done. And so I, I figured I'd let it simmer. Actually, I, I, I did this, like, a few months ago, I think. So, yeah, this has been simmering for a while now. Um, sometimes I have to do that because the first episode, the first, uh, try doesn't really work. So I have to let it simmer for a while. <clears throat> so, I wanted to talk to you about several assumptions that are made by the ideas of materialism. Several assumptions that scientists like people make, people who follow science almost as in like a religion in some ways and some scientists as well i wouldn't say most scientists i'd say probably many but um not all not even perhaps even most but a good number uh probably would be most to be honest but it would depend on certain factors and whatnot but uh what I've become aware of, it's freaky, actually, is that there is pretty much when you're looking at anything, uh, any kind of idea, any kind of understanding, any kind of concept, even my own concepts, what you end up finding is that there's some kind of assumption within those concepts. It's It's so prevalent that if you started to try to become aware of any kind of assumption that you have in your own concepts, you would start going insane. Like, literally, you would probably start going insane because it, it's, it's, it's so broad and there are so many assumptions uh, that you would start doubting everything. <laughs> like, literally, you would have to start doubting everything that you... you uh, believe because you start realizing that all of these things have assumptions in some form or another um, but to realize that is uncomfortable for the mind for various reasons because I mean think of it evolutionarily wise and I'll get to the exceptions in a second but I'll get into the I'm going to explain why assumptions are important first I might do a DB episode on that, but um, think about it evolutionarily, evolutionarily speaking, because like if you're um, in the wild somewhere and you're trying to survive or whatever, you know if if you start questioning things, if you tr- start looking for assumptions and everything, you, you will you know, notice all these problems. You'll start noticing all these things. Which makes it more and more difficult to really get through things. Um, you know, things like this, right? So, what are these assumptions? And there's many, many, many assumptions. And this is true. This is true of pretty much everything that I've become aware of. Um, and it's actually a very deep, fundamental problem. It's so deep that, like, and I'm not ta- even talking about deep as in, like, 
um, introspecting, but like it's so deeply um, woven into pretty much any idea that you have or any idea that is out there in a lot of ways that you you start like looking at these assumptions and you realize like, oh my God, like what is happening right now? So let's get into some of these assumptions here. There's a lot of them, but there's some basic fundamental ones that literally make up the uh, foundation of the ideas of materialism, the ideas of, um, you know, the, the uh, thinking of scientists and things like this. And mostly it's, it's you know, the thing about it this, to me is that it's not even really even scientists that are doing this. I mean, there are scientists that are doing this, but like oftentimes it's not even the scientists themselves. It's, it's people who are looking at science and, ex and just kind of getting stuck in materialism. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are definitely scientists that are doing this as well, but this is a deep problem. You know, it's called physicalism, but we'll get into that in a minute. So the first basic assumption is that what they assume that what they study is real. Um, it's actually a really fundamental problem, right? Because... Um, so, actually, the first assumption, the biggest assumption, is that they think that they can reach some kind of objectivity. But what is objectivity couched within? It's couched within subjectivity. When you're looking at a scientific instrument, you're looking at it from a subjective point of view. You cannot look at it from an objective point of view. There's no such thing as an objective point of view in this traditional senses of, like, third person, um, because, like, if you get a group of people together, and you start telling, and you start asking them things, or you start, you know, measuring things on these many people, and then you come up with a result, they call that an objective result. But where is that objectivity coming from? It's coming from many different people. It's a subjective that have subjectivity. And then you're looking at the results and you're still subjective. There's no getting out of the uh, subjective mindset. And so because that's the case, it makes you like realize like, oh my God, what are we doing here? Uh, it's one of the reasons why I changed the uh, definition of subjectivity, objectivity to a certain extent. Or not subjectivity, I didn't change that necessarily, but I just changed objectivity because I started realizing that, like, you can't actually be objective in this sense that we think of, where it's like, you have to, like, you, you can actually find a way of, of exiting the subjective um, through study and things like this, right? So the second assumption is, and that's that's more of like a an axiom, I guess. It's not necessarily an assumption, but there's definitely assumptions built into that assumption that you can actually reach the objective and things like this. But like, second assumption, perhaps even the most primary assumption, says that 
What they think they're studying is real. No. Now, of course, you're, you listening to me, if you're if you're one of these people, if you're like an atheistic-minded person or scientifically-minded person or whatever, you're going to listen to that and you're going to go like, oh, you think science is false? It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying science is not real. I'm not saying that science is uh, inaccurate or anything like that. Actually, science is absolutely correct. But the problem is that what science is focusing on is what you could call the VR or the headset, right? Because we know we know that the brain creates hallucinations. Like literally what you're seeing right now is not necessarily real in this absolute sense, um, right? Like you have, you hear something, you see something, but what you're seeing and hearing they're not actually like absolute reality. We know this, right? Um, but we don't take it to the uh, to its logical conclusion because, you know, there's a book that that I've talked about before. It's called "The Case Against Reality." It's talking about like how the things that we see aren't actually like real in the objective sense, and that what what you find. What you find out and what he found out, the person who wrote the book, is that there's no possibility that we can actually know what's actually real. Um, because what they found is that, you know, they tried to do this experiment with game theory and stuff like this where what they did was they, they, they created a simulated world or whatever. And then they try to think, they try to uh, do this thing where they said like, oh, you know, if, let's try to create human beings that uh, understand the real world as much as possible, the actual world, not necessarily like the world that you're seeing right now or hearing right now, things like this, and then see, well, and then see where that goes, right? Or what they did, I think really was they started with nothing right they didn't have any intelligence or anything and then they had you know people who are trying to be objective and things like this who were objective who could actually see actual reality and what they found is that there is no such thing as actually there's no way to actually see actual reality in fact as a matter of fact what he found was that and this is a bit kind of confusing because you're you're literally it's going literally beyond yourself in a way. But what he found was that the <clears throat> there's literally a correlation between the more fit you are evolutionarily speaking, the more you the more you actually don't see reality, the more you can't see reality, and that the more you're basically the the more your brain basically your uh, your body finds a way to understand, uh, put symbols upon reality that help you navigate reality in a way that is, you know, it's like looking at a computer. Like, you know, you look at a computer, you see icons on the screen and stuff like this. The icons, these things are not necessarily real as in like, like you're, you're not actually seeing 
the actual uh, coding and stuff that goes into the computer, you're seeing like icons in it and stuff like this. And so in the same way, that's how you're, you're, you are seeing things right now in the real world in what you call the real world. And so what he found was that you, if you, um, there's a direct correlation between, um, people who actually can see the real world and people who could, you, you can't really survive because the real world is more complex or whatever. Right. Um, like if, if you tried to set up a computer only to show you just the code or whatever, you wouldn't really know what to do with that information. And so they created all these simplistic ways of showing you the, how the computer, how to navigate the computer and stuff like this. And so in the same way, that's how your mind works. And that's how your body and brain works. And that's how you, uh, well, not necessarily even your body and brain, that's also part of this illusion. But that's how this works. And so you can actually navigate the world a lot easier. Um, right? And so it assumes that what they're studying is real. But what they're studying is the the VR headset, how the VR headset sees things, how the VR headset knows things and becomes aware of things. That's not necessarily unimportant because it still helps you to navigate things and understand things. But like what you're seeing and navigating and understanding and, and working with isn't necessarily reality. It's just giving you payoffs that then manipulate that VR headset that you're seeing and manipulate reality by creating airplanes and creating vaccines and things like this, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's the big, one of the big assumptions, probably even the most primary assumption that says that the world that you're seeing is real when that's actually not the case necessarily. Um, it's probably one of the biggest ones that I've seen. And the the most naggy, if you want to be honest with you, because, because what's going to happen is they're going to, if you, if they hear you tell you, uh, say this stuff and they, they hear you explain this, they're going to be like, no, they, you're, you're wrong. Um, and, and so you're going to be like, okay, let's, let's say that you're right. Let's say that we actually do study reality and stuff like this. And this is actually real. Okay. How do you know that? Um, and they'll give you all kinds of things. And they'll give you all kinds of things that they've been able to discover. Uh, and stuff like this, right? Um, and let's say like, oh yeah, well, if it's not real, then how come you don't like jump off a building? You know, if you jump off a building, you're, you're not going to kill yourself if it's not real. Uh, well, if you're in a video game, if you do something like that, you're going to kill yourself in the game. But the game isn't real in a video game, you know, that kind of thing. So that logic doesn't necessarily track either. Things like this. And so they'll give you all kinds of these things. And they'll say like, oh, yeah, but David, we created vaccines and we created ways of navigating the world. I'm not saying it's unimportant. I'm not saying it's it's wrong. I'm saying it's it's that you're assuming that what you're studying is real. And then you're also assuming that what I'm saying is 
that science is false. Absolutely false. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> it's studying the VR headset, which is not unimportant because it helps you to become aware of things that create vaccines, become aware of things that create airplanes, become aware of things that, you know, things like this. But that doesn't mean it's real in the absolute sense. Or that you can even know what's real in the absolute sense. Uh, things like this. Right? Um, this is such a fundamental point that, like, once you become aware of this, you literally have to start questioning everything. Um... You know, because the first time I heard this, the first time I heard this idea, it's, I mean, I've heard, I've heard similar things before. The first time I really heard something like this was, um, you know, actualized.org. And, of course, he takes it to its ultimate extremes in some ways. But the first time I heard this, I was like, no, this this, this has to be wrong, right? Um, But then you realize, like, well, how do you know it's wrong? Um, you know, if you... Haven't done any studies into, you know, reality. If you're not a scientist and you haven't studied reality, how do you know it's wrong? And then you realize that for those who aren't scientists but you know, listen to what science says, there's another kind of assumption slash, you know, belief that says... Science is real. Science is correct. I'm not saying science is incorrect, by the way. I'm saying that you think that science is correct. Um, um, and that creates its own set of problems because if you believe this, you create this problem where, like, if you look at a study... Or whatever. Because studies can be wrong, right? That's the problem is that you, you can't say this thing where, it's just, where you're like, oh, well, science is just right and incorrect and stuff like this. Because, you know, there have been studies where things, it, it looked like certain things. When later they found it wasn't this way at all. Um, it's so freaky. Like, I've looked at a lot of, you know, uh, science and stuff. I've looked at a lot of books that talk about debunking a lot of common misconceptions that com that, that uh, some studies would have given you. And you start realizing that it's not as simple as just like creating a study. Uh, and then, you know, even if it's just like a double blind study and things like this, because there's also the problem of replication. There's also the problem of like p values and stuff like this, and so you become aware that it's not as simple as just like science is just correct, you know, like this kind of thing, because science is um, not correct in some ways. It's it's not, not not that it's wrong, but like you know, just because you have a study doesn't mean that study is correct. This kind of thing, and of course the the other freaky thing it's not really necessarily an assumption but it's it's a sort of misconception i suppose which is uh that scientists is not so 
what's um, interesting, it's hard to do. This is true for itself as well. But what what I've noticed we can do, um, this is true for a lot of other things as well, which we can get into for sure. But what, what I've noticed we, we do is we like notice, we fuse the uh, action with the thing itself. Like the self with awareness, things like this. And so we look at what a study says and we say, oh, that's that's a scientific, that's science. That's what's scientifically happened. But that's not actually what, what science is. Science is not necessarily a study. Science is done to create a study and things like this, but that's not science uh, necessarily. Uh, science is kind of like more of a, a process of interrogation, so to speak, of reality. This kind of thing, right? <clears throat> yeah, there's like this because you you have this idea of objectivity in your mind when it comes to science. You, it almost creates a bit of a, a black and white thinking instead of mind, where it's now you, because you have that idea that this is objective and real and correct. Uh, you can't now necessarily even see beyond this. It's really freaky, actually, because now you have to, like, see only with this lens and only with this lens and no other lens or no other worldview or understanding or whatever, right? And what's freaky about that is isn't nothing necessarily wrong with that, but that creates its own set of problems because then you have to, like, only see through that. Um, and so, this, uh, this idea of objectivity creates its own set of problems. Because now you have no way of, of going beyond this if it's, if, if it's wrong. And so, now I'm telling you that there are assumptions on science and stuff like this. There are assumptions about, not necessarily even science, because like I said, science is not... Uh, the the inventions that created science uh, that that are caused by science, but like it's a process. But like the ideas of science come that that have that have um, been created by science, you know, can be wrong, right? But if you are you if you're stuck in this objectivity mindset, you aren't able to go beyond this to a certain extent, and and it creates a certain problem before you because now you can't see things beyond those things um and so like you know, you could look at a, a religious person you can like oh yeah religion religious people are so dumb spiritual people are so dumb you know this kind of thing but you know the thing is freaky because well it's true that there are definitely problems with religion and stuff like this religious people you can look at a religious person and they tell you they know that this, this this whole thing is a belief. Like almost, there's almost like, a, I mean, there's definitely assumptions within religion. There's definitely assumptions that religious people make and stuff like this. But in a way, they almost can almost admit to you that it is a belief, right? It's 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 a faith based understanding. Um, but you. The scientifically minded person, the atheistically minded person, doesn't see the same thing for yourself. Um, I mean, it's, it doesn't necessarily equal the same thing because 
you know, with religion and stuff like this, there isn't as much uh, of a, you know, when you're looking at like religion and the things that religion has predicted and stuff like this, you look at that and you go like, oh, that was just wrong. You know, that was wrong. That was wrong. That was wrong. Like the testability of religion can be easily disproven and stuff like this in a lot of ways. Which makes an atheist go like, oh, that makes, means religion and spirituality is just dumb and wrong and stupid and this kind of thing. And then you look to what they look at and, and you go like, well, how do you know that that's true? Oh, science says too. So well, how do you know that science is true? How do you know that what they're looking at is true? How do you know that what you're looking at is true? Well, science says so. Science says so. It's a it's a circular logic problem in some ways. But you know, because religious people they know it's a belief. They know about different religions. They don't they don't agree with those different religions. You know, like if you're a Muslim, you don't necessarily agree with Christianity or whatever. But like, you know it exists, and so you can at least see that there are different religions. But because you are, because there are no different materialisms or sciences or whatever in that same way it's all basically in the same category you don't have the same option and so you don't see it as a belief you think it's absolute reality um and that's you know not necessarily something that you can that, that's that's just an assumption It's, it's freaky. And, you know, once you start becoming aware of assumptions, you have to start, like, wondering, like, if all these things contain assumptions, can I actually know anything at all? Of course, that's, just, that's an assumption as well. There are certain assumptions within skepticism, within certain schools of skepticism, which you can call academic skepticism and stuff like this, but, like, can I know anything at all? doesn't mean things are false and that things are like a lie. You know, oftentimes what I've noticed people will do, like a scientific-minded person or an atheist will do, is like they'll hear somebody say like, oh, can you actually know that that's true? Or like, are you sure that science is saying this? Or are you sure that what science is st uh, studying is actually real? They'll listen to you say this and you go, they'll go like, oh, are you saying science is wrong and false? And it's like, that's not what I'm saying. Um, I'll, 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 another example of this, this is not related to atheists necessarily, but like another example of this that I've become aware of is that a couple months ago, I was talking with some people, some, I think it was family I was talking with, and I was asking them like, well, how do you know that what the news is telling you is true? Um, you know, it's talking about all these different things that are happening but you've never witnessed those things. You, you haven't seen the violence. You haven't seen, you know, you know, Afghanistan or whatever. So how do you know that what the news is telling you is true? Right? And then the person almost immediately goes like, are you saying the media is fake news like Trump? And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's false. I'm saying I don't know. I'm saying, how do you know? Because... 
if you look deep enough, you have to almost be honest with yourself and realize like it's it's a belief. But that's hard for them to realize. And they will literally sit there and try to debunk you when you say this kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that creates its own set of problems. It's freaky. And it's not even really, like, it's not even, even that, like... Atheists are the only ones that do this because it's not that way at all. But, like, y you look at, like, all these assumptions within certain things and you realize, like, well, if these things have assumptions, can I know if these, are uh, if these assumptions are even true? Or if these things have assumptions within them, which they do, pretty much any idea does, any understanding does, whatever. Can I, if these things have assumptions, is it actually true? Because if it is, has assumptions, the assumptions have to be questioned. The assumptions have to be looked at and you have to like become aware of this. That's why it's easier to just like be like, oh yeah, I know, David, you're wrong, you're dumb, you're evil, you're stupid, you're wrong, whatever. Stop, whatever it is that you're, you're going to be saying. Because I know people are going to do this now that I've, <laughs> I'm making this episode. Because it's easier than actually trying to question things for yourself and go like, oh, huh, that's freaky. That's really interesting. Um, you don't want to do that. Because that's emotionally difficult. Um, because... You know, if you, you know, now talking about brains, of course, we can say that brains don't necessarily exist, or at least we don't know if they exist. Um, because you're studying a brain through the VR headset, the the you know, whatever you want to call it. We don't know what this is. We can just call it a headset. We can just call it uh, the interface. But. Uh, you know, when you're looking at how the brain works, assuming that the brains exist, of course, but like you're looking at the brain and you realize that like the brain is basically just this huge calculation machine in some ways. And so it knows the calculation it takes to uh, question something. And so it says to you like, oh, you don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. Um, this kind of thing. It's, it's definitely an acquired taste to become aware in this way. Because you literally have to, like, sit there and, like, it's almost a, it's almost a, uh, a question of unlearning. It's a, it's a question of unbecoming, in a sense. Uh, I did an episode with Mapping Awareness 4, I think. I was talking about this freaky nature of awareness, or what seemed to be the nature of awareness, at least, where what happens is it, whenever uh, something is happening, 
in the mind or whatever, it almost feels like awareness becomes this thing. Like, in, you can even become aware of what's happening as well, and the awareness becomes the thing that's aware, becoming aware. It's it's really freaky if you become aware of this. But, like, in the same way, when you are doing this, when you're becoming aware of assumptions and stuff like this, you start noticing things beyond this. Like, it's, free, it's a freedom-based process. You know, because, but if if you're unwilling to do this, because it's it's easier not to do this, um, you will never really be able to be all that nuanced. You're not going to be nuanced. You're not going to be able to understand things very well. Um, you know, because... Even if you understand things, it, it doesn't mean that you understand is objectively true. And this this objectivity idea is probably one of the biggest uh, problems that we face because the left thinks they're objective and the right thinks they're objective and nobody knows anything. And so everybody fights with everybody else and nothing gets done. Or at least that's what it seems to be. And to be honest with you, it's probably not that way at all. It would not surprise me that, like, most of the time, when you're, <clears throat> um, if you look at, like, Congress or whatever, and the bills that they pass, I bet most of them are probably bipartisan. Um, and it only, they only give you this appearance that they're fighting with each other. It would not surprise me at all if that's the case. But they give you that appearance. And so you fall for the appearance and you go like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because, and, and the reason why I'm telling you that is because, think of it this way, right? What, 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 what would work better for a politician? Being calm and telling you like, oh, yeah, nothing, there's nothing to worry about. You don't have to sit there and uh, be all that concerned about what's happening. Or a politician that goes, oh, you need to vote for me because if you don't, you, the world's going to end, you know, this kind of thing. I think the answer is pretty obvious, right? Because if they're they're fearful with you and they're they're telling you the truth, they're telling you what you they, they think is the truth or whatever, or what they tell you is the truth at least. And then they, um, and it's very fear-based and it's very like anger creating you're going to want to listen to that and you're going to want to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, Trump is the worst and like or, you know, Hillary is the worst or Biden is the worst or whatever it is. And it just keeps going in that direction because that serves them. Now you vote for them. Now you give them money to deal with the evil ones. And so it doesn't serve their narrative for you to question that and go like, this is just an appearance of them, of them. Nobody tells you that. Everybody, like most of the time in uh, political commentary, nobody gives you that perspective that I just gave you right there. That's that's free of charge. What I get, what I just gave you was free of charge. Nope, no need to charge me for this. No, no need to give me money for this because this is this is something that you you have to become uh, very aware of. 
And then you start wondering, like, is is this just a show that they're putting on for their audience to, so that they vote for them and they give them money and then they give them all this adulation and fame and, and stuff like this? You know, because every, if, if they give off this impression that everything is calm and nothing nothing's to worry about or whatever... Or at least nothing real, real extreme. You know, there might be things to worry about, but like nothing extreme or whatever. Are you gonna really vote for them? Probably not. You're probably gonna be like, well, if nothing's really that that bad, you know, what does it matter whether you get into office or whatever? But if everything is dependent on me, like Trump says, like, ah, oh, the world is in an economic disaster. The United States is a disaster, and everything is falling apart. You know, all this kind of stuff. And if you agree with that, you're going to vote for this. Because the truth is everybody says that. Every every politician says this in some way. Um, Trump says it in a certain way. Um, and then others on the left say it in different ways. Because that's what they get. That's what they use to make you vote for them. Ta-da, that's that's it. That's a manipulation game right there. I just I just gave you the most powerful tool for debunking politicians. Right there. So, yeah. That's basically it. That was a <laughs> the most profound understanding about politics that you're probably ever going to get. Nobody's going to tell you this. Nobody in the media is going to tell you this even because the media, you know, if you, this is, we can do this for the media as well. Um, and this kind of did go off topic from the original topic, but it's not all that different because it also is uncovering assumptions, but like. If the media tells you that everything's fine and there's nothing necessarily to worry about, or not, not, you know, there's things that you can worry about, but just not like extreme or whatever, are you really going to listen to that? Probably not, because it's not all that concerning to you, right? You're not going to have to do anything or listen to anything. But if everything is falling apart and we're at the end of the world and everything is getting worse and worse and worse, You'll listen to that and go like, oh, yeah, maybe you're right, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, the media works the same way. Ta-da. It doesn't mean that the media is wrong. The media is wrong, but that's a different episode. It doesn't mean the media is wrong necessarily in this absolute sense that Trump will tell you, like, oh, the media is fake news. And generally speaking, the media is... uh, trying to be accurate. I think the media is even accurate most of the time. I would say a good number of time. Unless you're looking at commentary. Like, like if, you're, if you're looking online or whatever and you look at see a site, that's journalism or whatever, like CNN or something, you're probably going to get moderately normal and good information. But like if you're looking at television like msnbc or something (laughs) 
you know, I know people who would watch MSNBC, and I'm just like, dude, that's not journalism at all. It's it's commentary on journalism. It's commentary on things. It's not necessarily telling you what is true or not, or what is real or not. It's opinion, mostly. Things like this. Of course, Pox's news is the same way, so don't get me started on that shit. It's probably one of the first starters of this, actually. Like, if you look to the beginning of Fox, it's really what Fox was. It wasn't trying to give you counter-narratives. It was just counter- giving you counter-opinions. Uh, they're kind of like the originators of this insanity that we're seeing. But now the the, the insanity has spread to everywhere else. Um, because it sells, literally sells, you know, because they're trying to make money in some way. Um, and so I guess it would be easier to make money than than this way. Um, yeah, that's how that works. That's free. But to come to that conclusion is literally, is, is, uh, It's jarring. Come on, fucker. It's jarring to the mind. The mind doesn't want to understand this. Um, but yeah. Just some thoughts on this and just some things I've become very, very aware of over the years. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.